Welcome to the RunFit365.com podcast, episode 24. Booyah! Welcome to the RunFit365.com podcast, episode 24. Hello, I'm your host, Travis. Hey, this is Dan. Dan, you sound a little froggy, as Olivia would say. What, what's going on on the other side of that mic there? Well, I've got that funk everybody's gotten right now, so hopefully I don't sound too terrible. Uh, I think it's, it gives you a little bit more character, I think. Oh. I think it, it's working for you. <laughs> Not sure how to take that, but thanks. Yeah, so Dan, you've been like extremely busy over the last seven days. It seems like every time on the website you've got another blog up, you've got... You're designing your own T-shirts now, so tell us what's up. Yeah, there's there's been lots of things going on. Um, getting caught up on blog posts, I, I've obviously been behind a little bit, um, but just trying to spend a lot of time on them to get some good content out there. Um, I also had a story of a Run RunFit365 uh, guy that uh, sent us a Twitter or tweet. I'm not a, I'm not a tweet kind of guy, but. Yeah. I guess you send a tweet, right? Right. That's um, right. You sent us a tweet saying, hey, take a look at my story. Uh, so we did that, and I asked him to, to send his his story to me, and I shared it on our blog. So check that out. His name is AJ, and he told a story about um, how he started running, his motivation around it, lost a bunch of weight, and he's, he's just starting his running career, and I think he's like 56 or something like that. So it's a really cool story, great for motivation, so give that a check. And as well, um, people have been asking about, um, you know, we want to support you. Do you have T-shirts or something? And I thought, you know, we've been trying to do something like that. And when I go on Facebook myself, I see sometimes some T-shirts out there um, that are pretty cool. So we created one. It's on our uh, Facebook page. And we're going to put a link on our website under resources. I'm not sure what it'll look like yet, but it'll be there. And um, it'll be linked to a T-shirt. The way this works is it's kind of like a campaign, and uh, this this one's open for nine more days. The T-shirt says, I run because I can, and in parentheses, you should too. It's kind of a good motivation get people thinking about running and, and tell people what, that you run. It's got a cool little emblem on the front, and then uh, our Run Fit 365 logo on the back. So um, our goal is to you know get our message out there, and so this is just another way to do it. Yeah, and the T-shirt looks really cool. And I'm telling you, it, check out AJ's story because it's truly inspiring. Um, you know, he talks about how he just started with the basic couch to 5K plan. Um, you know, but what's truly motivating is kind of his story and his connection with his family. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, we all have different reasons. You know that we run, but um, you know AJ's story is just inspirational. And he's done so much in so little time uh, of running. It's it's fascinating. So AJ, thanks again for passing that along and um, you know checking out our podcast. We totally appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So Dan, I I know that um, one of the things we talked about in episode twenty three was um, you know the the different terrains that people can run on and the pros and cons of running on those terrains. And I think that you've probably been busy uh, between writing numerous blog entries, designing T-shirts. Um, you've probably done some research on that. 
I'm guessing. I'm guessing just a little bit. I did a little research. Yes, I did. <laughs> and no one that's ever listened to a RunFit 365 podcast is surprised. So, well, so why don't you tell us a little bit what you got going on over there? So I think I don't remember how we got on the topic the last podcast, but I mentioned I like to run on trails. And uh, Travis said that would be a good podcast episode, kind of the different terrains and <clears throat> the pros and the cons of each and so that sort of thing. And so that's what I pulled together today. I did a little research, did a little bit of thinking, and uh, came up with, and there's probably more than this. I, I know there's more than this, but 11 different terrains that potentially you could see yourself running through, either purposeful or planned, and kind of uh, the pros and cons to each and, um, you know, when, when it might be applicable for you. So I've got 11 and really, when you go to choose the terrain you, you run on, most of us actually run on uh, the same terrain all the time. Um, a, lot of, a lot of things that, are, that make you choose, like your preference, for example, if you like running on the road, that's where you run, um, or whatever is available to you. You know, if you, you live in, a, on, in the city, then you basically have city streets to run in, for example. Um, but you also need to think about event specificity and then... Um, you know, training and workout specificity. So, for example, if you are doing a trail uh, half marathon, then you probably don't want to run in the streets all the time. You probably want to mix it up and run some on a trail or on some grass or something like that. So there's there's good reasons to, to choose different terrains. Um, so it's a mix between your preference and kind of what you're going for. Some other uh, factors to consider that you might not have considered in the past, if you run on the same terrain all the time, your muscles and ligaments and joints and everything kind of get used to that and um, adapt to that. But what that does is, is basically it makes, it makes it strong for that terrain. Whereas if you mix it up some and do it gently, uh, it can actually strengthen your, your joints a little bit, a little bit more because it's giving a little bit more, um, I don't know, different angles and use a little bit more stabilizer muscles and that sort of thing. Um, the other factors to consider are level of risk. You know, if you're running um, in an area that the terrain isn't exactly level, well, there's benefits to that. But there's also risk to that. You could, you know, hit a twig or hit a, a rock and take a dive and be injured and not be able to race at all. Um, another factor is change of scenery. I know for me, the, the same old scenery running around my neighborhood um, is kind of boring sometimes. So sometimes you got to shake it up. So that's a consideration. And then uh, things like needing the, the need for resistance, uh, hill repeats, for example, or other uh, ways that you can increase your resistance. So um, basically, oh, the, the last thing is impact. You know, a lot of us have some risk, uh, or we all have risk for injury. And the lower the impact we have, the better for our bodies, um, some just have different needs than others. So uh, each each terrain kind of um, has its own impact and, and own unique characteristics. So what I did is I, I got together 11 different ones. I'm going to go in reverse order, sort of what I call the more risky ones that have more risk and probably benefit uh, to the ones that are probably what I, what I call the awesome. So uh, any questions before we get started? No, the, the, something you said about, you know, 
um, understanding terrain. You know, my buddy Adam and I did our 20 miler yesterday and we started at like six o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. but, but we did the same, essentially the same loop that we always do. You know, you're talking about mixing it up a little bit, mm-hmm. but we were talking for the first probably, you know, five to six miles. We said it, it feels different. Um, just because we couldn't see the terrain, <laughs> you know, yeah. as funny yeah. as that sounds, it was dark and, um, it made the, it made the miles go by faster, but especially oh, yeah. when you, you know, the point you were making is if you, uh, mix up the train, it's, you know, mechanically better for you as a runner, but you know, the mental aspect of that, um, there's tons of benefits, um, to that part of, you know, switching up, switching it up too, but, um, yep, absolutely. Yeah. But you got to be careful, like you say, if you're not going to be running in the dark, you don't want to always run in the dark. You know, if your race isn't in the dark, um, because that might give you a false sense of this is cool. And then you get there on race day and it's light and you see the train and it has that negative mental impact. So you're right. There's always good at shaking it up, but you also got to keep it specific to your race at times as well. Yeah. Okay. So starting at number 11, this is what I call in the risky category. Um, And this is... This might sound funny, but it's running in the snow. Um, but, you know, there's places in the world where runners have to run in the snow. That's where they, you know, they have snow most times of the year, or at least in the dead of winter, they have snow every day. And that's kind of what they have to deal with. Um, so there is some specificity. There are some races that probably occur in the snow. So if that's in, in your case, then training in the snow might be a pro. So we're going over the pros real quick. Um, it adds a little bit of resistance training to it. And because of that resistance and, you know, putting, uh, stepping through thicker snow, it uses your, a lot of your stabilizer muscles. So it can strengthen the joint and that sort of thing. The, the downside are, downsides are, um, obviously a risk of falling, risk of injury where there's snow, there's usually ice, um, anywhere that you're running through something that's, you know, elevated like snow is you have to lift your your foot out of the uh, snow before you take your next step Um, you could trip you could fall so there's an injury risk there Um, you can damage your gear you know if you're not prepared and wearing the right gear and you're running through the snow and um, you get to a deeper part that you hadn't anticipated you know you could damage your running shoes that sort of thing Um, it's a risk to your safety you know hypothermia if you're not planning well and you're you're running through the snow and don't really realize how cold you're getting and you find yourself out in the middle of nowhere, uh, you could have a safety risk. So that's some downside. And the, really, so in the sum of everything is it's, it's probably not very beneficial uh, to run in the snow. Um, so I guess the, uh, what do I call this category? When to use this sort of train. So if you're training for a race where it's likely there'll be lots of snow, that's one Example, um, if you were to run in the snow, I would probably not do anything but easy runs. You don't want to do like a tempo or anything um, harder than an easy run. And I would say use it as a last resort and just be real smart about it. Um, any questions about that one? No. You know, <clears throat> have you seen those yak tracks, though, Dan, those things that you slide over your shoes um, I think they've been on the market now for a few years, but I've noticed more and more, um, at least local shops here, running shops have those yak tracks and I haven't tried them, but, um, they may be some additional gear to look into if you find yourself, 
um, running on snow, but I'm sure you can find those on Amazon too. They're yak tracks. They're just like, mm -hmm. um, they help provide a, you know, a little bit more, um, grip grip. Yes. Thank you mm -hmm. for your running shoes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, the second one is another one that you kind of roll your eyes at probably, but it's, it's in the mud. Um, there are, you know, tr if you train for, uh, those trail races and stuff, no doubt you're going to uh, encounter mud at times. And some people actually train in the mud on purpose. Again, it's specificity. So you don't know what race day is going to be like. They usually have those races regardless. And, um, you might be hitting the race right after a rain. So to train in the mud is not a bad idea if it's specific to the race. It does add some resistance. And again, because of that resistance and such use of stabilizer muscle, muscles. So those are the reasons that might be good. Um, reasons not so good, again, risk for fall and injury. Mud is slippery. It cakes on your shoes. Um, again, damage to your stuff, damage to your shoes, things like that. So again, not a lot of benefit, probably a little safer than snow just because it doesn't have as much of a risk to your safety, uh, except for the falls part, but you're not going to probably get hypothermia. So it's a little bit better, but I'd still keep it in the risky category. Um, the times you might use it uh, when you are training for a race where there's likely a lot of mud. And again, I wouldn't do much of anything, but easy runs, but likely just try to avoid that terrain if you can. Um, now we're getting into to a decent type of uh, terrain. This is concrete. Don't don't. Uh, this is number nine in the list. It's not to the top. Uh, we're not talking about asphalt. That's higher in the list. But concrete is a little bit different. It's, most people agree, it's harder. It's more impact on you. So it's why it's lower on the list. Still, you know, a lot of people live in the city, and that's kind of what you see a lot. So um, it is found in many places. So. The benefit is you can you can find it lots of places. It's mostly sidewalks and a lot of roads. It's a relatively consistent surface. So it doesn't have a lot of inconsistencies. It's not got a lot of bumps and things. It's pretty smooth. And uh, a lot of races are on concrete. So running on concrete, you know, that's a that's a pro to running on concrete. Um, some of the fallbacks is it it is harder than other surfaces. So harder surfaces create higher impact, higher impact put to you, um, more risk for injury, obviously. So that's one downside. The other downside is, um, sort of unpredictability, uh, especially if you're running on roads, but even on sidewalks, there's, you know, cracks, trees that grow up underneath the sidewalks, um, where it gets r raised cracks, holes, things like that. So, uh, you really have to pay attention. Like what you said, Travis running in the morning, you don't see that terrain as well. And so it could catch you off guard um, and fall and get injured sort of a thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you may not have a choice, maybe what you have to deal with, and that's it's decent for, for running. Um, and it's pretty much good for any kind of training as long as you're careful. I'm not sure I would do like intervals um, unless that's all you had available to you. If you did do something really fast and hard, you need to make sure you map out the section you're going to use and make sure it's absolutely pristine in terms of the surface. Okay, on to number eight. So this is a little bit more of a good surface. We've gone from risky to decent. Now we're in the good category. And this is the, um, this is grass. And I don't mean just like any grass. This is sort of untouched grass. 
SCRS that you're running on that you're really not sure what's what's underneath. You know, it could be a lot of um, you know roots or, or holes. Um, it's sort of unpredictable. It could be taller grass, not maintained. So there's a difference between this grass and the grass we'll talk about um, higher up on the list. Um, it can add some resistance, specifically if it's longer grass, so you have to run through it. Uh, it is lower impact, so that's a, that's a plus. Um, and generally where you have grass, you have a, uh, a nicer environment to run in. It's, you know, I'm not gonna be able to speak to that very well. It's a little fluff-like, but it's just a nicer place to run, generally speaking. So it's uh, sort of that mental aspect. Um, the downside is the obstacles, such as holes and rocks and roots and things like that, that generally you can't see. Like in the sidewalk, you could see it um, coming up in the, in the grass. You could twist an ankle or something by running up into a hole. I've done that many times in my yard, as a matter of fact. You just don't see it, and you, you put your foot there, and then all of a sudden you're rolling your, your ankle. Um, so that's the injury risk you have with grass that um, is sort of untouched or unpredictable. Um, so you can use this sort of terrain if you need a lower impact and you don't have a better option. And um, best restrict it to easier runs unless you know for sure that what you're running over is relatively clear of those obstacles we just talked about. Okay, number seven, also in the good category, and I'll, I'll get a lot of flack, I'm sure, with this from, from people listening. I, I've heard some people say I'm not giving up my treadmill, and that's absolutely fine. I'm not anti-treadmill, um, but I put treadmills number seven on the list. Uh, so there's lots of good things about treadmills um, that you could basically run on them at any time, any weather. It's safer. It's guarantee, you know, that you're not gonna be, you're not going to get mugged on a treadmill. You're not going to, um, you know, be get hypothermia on a treadmill, that sort of thing. Um, the convenience, it's very convenient. It's easy to plan. You don't have to plan a route. Um, has functions like incline and heart rate and things like that. And uh, maybe better impact than a lot of the other surfaces. Um, I think that varies between treadmills, but the, the impact is, generally speaking, relatively soft and easier on your body. Um, some of the downsides, we've talked about some of these in the past, it's less like race conditions, it's less pleasing to the eye, and in fact, if you ask me, boring, but sometimes we don't have any other option. It can be costly, and um, you could take a bad step and fall. I mean, we've seen videos of people doing that all the time, and I've told my story where I luckily didn't kill myself on a treadmill, so um, there is a potential that you're gonna take the bad step and, and fall off. Um, it's good to use when you've got no other methods that uh, are better or um, other methods, if it's, if it's your safest option for that day or whatever. Um, use, in my opinion, use it when you're, it's your last option. But again, there's people out there that only treadmill run and that's absolutely fine if it works for you. In fact, any of these things, if it works for you, I'm not saying tr change it up, I'm just saying just a, here's just an assessment of all these terrains. And then in, in terms of what to do on a treadmill, you could you could do pretty much anything. I, I'm not sure I would go do anything faster than like a tempo pace. Some people do VO2 maxes and some people do interval training on treadmills. To me, that gets a little dangerous because you're, you know, that belt's going really fast. It's unpredictable. 
Um, so I would do I'd keep it easy runs through about tempo runs, but again, that's variable uh, between people. Any questions so far, Trav? No, I was really happy to see that you put treadmill on the uh, on the list. I know that was tough for you to do. <laughs> it was. I've I've heard a few comments from some listeners, which you know, all in fun, but it's it's really. I mean, it's a really good thing to have. In fact, some days I wish I had one because I might actually do something. But um, there's just other better options if you ask me. But yep, yeah. it's absolutely on the list. Yeah. Number six on the list, um, and this is getting into the great category. This is sand. If you have sand available to you, um, the pros of sand, it is pretty low impact running. It can add uh, relatively significant resistance if it's drier sand, a little bit of resistance if it's wetter sand. Um, and generally where there's sand, the environment's nicer to look at as well. You use a fair amount of your stabilizer muscles. So it's a, a good, good sort of thing if you need a harder workout. Some of the, the cons to sand are it's not ideal if you're looking to do an easy workout. Uh, you might be able to get away with it if you're running on the wet sand closer to the water uh, where it's not you know holding you back too much, but typically not for easy workouts. Um, and it's in areas where you know typically there's some high winds, so maybe that's where you're going if you're trying to do something a little bit more resistance and you have some high winds. But I know that uh, I used to live near the Indiana Dunes, north or northern Indiana, and uh, I'd go there not realizing the winds were high, and you get there, and again, it's one of those things where you have to plan, and um, you got to fight the wind in addition to the, the sand uh, resistance. So just keep that in mind. Uh, when to use it. So use for runs where you need a little bit more resistance. Um, or and or where you need some uh, low impact in terms of uh, landing. So number five, this one is typical for most of us. This is still in the great, maybe awesome, but between great and awesome category. And this is asphalt. This is blacktop. Um, a lot of running trails, actually most running trails are probably blacktop. Um, probably the majority of roads these days are blacktop. So um, the good things are generally softer than concrete, um, found in many places, most places, um, relatively consistent in terms of its texture and, and being flat and usually free of defects. Um, again, you, it, many races are on blacktop, so it simulates your race day if you run on blacktop or asphalt. Um, some of the cons, uh, it's, it's a darker material and it can really absorb the heat so, um, especially on, on hotter days, it could be relatively miserable to run on blacktop. Um, but again, you know, if you're going to be doing that during race day, it might be good to practice that. It, and look, just like any, uh, any material, it can contain cracks, holes, um, debris, things like that. So not perfect, but still relatively good. Um, so it's a good option most of the time. You may want to avoid on really hot days unless it's specific to your, your race day training. Um, and it's good for pretty much any kind of training. Again, you want to be careful if you're doing some of those really high turnover, faster, harder workouts. Um, but it, it's doable if that's your only option. Okay, that was number five. We're up to number four. And here's the awesome category. Um, 
and this is the track. This is the very consistent surface. Uh, generally speaking, most tracks are. They're either a, a rubber or a black top or some sort of material that's very flat, very consistent, um, usually very soft and low impact. It's very accurately measured, so you know exactly what you're getting at most tracks. Um, some of the downsides, though, are it's a very short distance, so if you're doing a longer distance run, it can be pretty monotonous and boring, although doable. Um, and then depending on, on when you go, you know, sometimes you go to a track on the weekend and there's lots of people going there, so you might have to weave in and out, so just some high traffic areas. So when to use, ideal for speed work, um, could be used for any type of training, except for maybe some resistance or hills. Obviously, there's no hills there. Um, and it may not be the most exciting. Yeah, yeah something else on the track, Dan, um, that, that we used in college. You know, typically, you're constantly making a left turn if you're going with the traditional mm -hmm. lanes of a track. Mm -hmm. One thing our college coach would have us do, if you find yourself utilizing a track a lot, is essentially alternate your direction. So... Um, it, it really is, and I know it sounds silly, but it, it does work on your lower kind of stabilization muscles if you're constantly making that left turn. So, um, you know, if you find yourself on the track, alternate days and go the opposite direction just so you make sure you're working on, um, you know, both legs equally. Um, but, but that was a good tip that we used in college that I think um, helped balance a little bit. That's awesome. I jotted that down, too. See, I can teach you something, at least maybe one thing in 24 episodes. I'll, teach. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> um, okay, top three now. Um, this third one, it's ne negotiable. We could move it. Uh, I, I have it as gravel. Number three is gravel. Um, and maybe, maybe it should be number four as I'm thinking through it, but it's generally lower impact than some other options. Um, a lot of times where there's gravel, there's a nicer environment to look at, look, or look at. You know, in some of the state parks around where we live, um, a lot of the trails they have are gravel, and uh, you run through the woods and stuff. It's really nice to look at. Um, so you use some stabilizer muscles, and that's good for, you know, increasing the strength in your joints and reducing your risk for injury. The consistency of the surface could be unpredictable, though. For example, if it's um, older... Uh, older gravel, it could be, you could have patches that are missing gravel altogether, or they might have, you know, patches where they've put some new gravel and it's a little bit loose. So, um, you know, it can be a little unpredictable, generally pretty safe though. Um, it's a good option most of the time and good for most types of training. Again, I wouldn't do a lot of the high turnover ones necessarily, depending on the size of the gravel, but um, use common sense on any one of these things. If you're going to do harder workouts where you're going real, real fast and having high turnover, make sure that you scope the entire um, anywhere that you're going to do that workout to make sure that it's safe to do it. Um, number two, I put as dirt trails. And this is, a, again, a little bit uh, preference, but um, the reason this is high on the list is it's, um, well, I'll just go through the pros and the cons. So it is lower impact running typically. Uh, and a lot of times the environment's nicer to look at when you run. Uh, you can find this in many different places. So 
I've been in Florida where there's dirt trails. I've been in um, Tennessee where there's lots of dirt trails, Indiana, um, Colorado. There's lots of places that you can run um, where it's really nice to run and um, gives you that lower impact running, more use of stabilizer muscles. And in fact, you know, some of the cons could be pros if you look at it a different way. So one of the cons is you have to watch for obstacles. Um, you know, I, I go to Tennessee every year, the Smoky Mountains, and I do hill repeats and things like that. And um, one of the things that is is um, hard sometimes is the stumps and the, the rocks. And it's just, it's a very inconsistent, non-flat uh, trail. And so you really have to pay attention. It's very sort of technical. Pay attention and make sure you don't injure yourself. But I find it very uh, satisfying to run through. And what that does, and I wouldn't just start doing it. you got to build yourself up. But what it does is it really builds um, those stabilizer muscles, really works your joints in a good way, um, and, and, and is supportive of everything. So people that run uh, trail marathons and things like that, this is what they do all the time. Um, and, and they, generally speaking, I would guess, have stronger joints than somebody who, say, just runs on the road all the time. Um, so it's good for uh, easy, depending on, I wouldn't do a tempo run in a trail in Tennessee, for example. But if it's a flat um, without a lot of obstacles and you've checked it out and it looks safe, you could do something up to about a tempo run. Um, hilly courses, you could find lots of hilly courses, most places that have dirt trails, um, good for strength. And sometimes I just do it when I need a little bit of shakeup, something a little bit different. And then number one on the list is um, controlled grass surfaces. So these are things like, um, you know, a park where they've really taken the time to level it out before they put the seed down or... Um, a football field, if you're already at the track and there's a football field, most of the time the, those are very uh, well-maintained. They don't have a lot of uh, holes and things like that. But um, controlled, you know, they're, they're, they're clipped, they're mowed, and um, so very low impact, usually very consistent surface. Use a little bit of some stabilizer muscles because it's slightly unstable just being grass. Um, can be some unpredictability of the surface conditions, but typically if you do your homework, you can find areas that are um, you know, very predictable. These are great places for speed work because you have low impact, and um, if you fell or you know, if you got ahead of yourself and you fell, you're falling into grass rather than pavement. Um, great for things like plyometrics, and really you could do just about any kind of run on uh, a controlled grass surface. So that's really why I put it in the awesome or number one category. So what questions or what corrections do you have for me, Travis? Because I know you probably have your opinion on these things too. No, I, I completely agree with the list. And I was thinking number one, um, <coughs> you know, I haven't found a golf course around here close to, you know, close to where we are now. But um, back, you know, Back in the day, I guess when we when we were in college, there was multiple courses um, close to campus that allowed runners, um, you know, to use the course, and that is perfect. You know, that's a controlled, um, you know, yep. grass area, and we would do tempos, we would do uh, intervals and fart looks, and 
um, everything on those golf courses because it was low impact and um, very you know predictable stable you know stable surfaces. Um, but you know you'll want to check with your golf courses. I know some <laughs> courses are really strict about you know who they let on, but um, you know that's something to check out in your neck of the woods if you've got a course nearby and um, you know if they let you on, it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. So really, that's the list, Travis. I that's what I put together. So, so give me the rundown again, and, and, and the scale started at not so awesome, and it ended at awesome, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I can go the opposite direction if that's better. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So number one on my list is controlled grass surface. Number two are dirt trails. Number three is gravel. Number four is the track. Number five is asphalt or blacktop. Number six is sand. Number seven is the treadmill. Number eight is uncontrolled or rougher grass. Number nine is concrete. Number 10 is mud. Number 11 is snow. Awesome. Yeah, I liked how you went over the pros and cons of each one of those. And, you know, it's just like anything else. Um, You want to do all this stuff in balance and know what you're ultimately training for. Um, Mm -hmm. So perfect. Well, thanks again, Dan, for putting that list together. Um, I'm just kind of doing a time check here. We're a little over 30 minutes. Um, Is there anything else you want to do to close that out? I can't think of anything except for, again, um, when you think about what surface to run on, make sure it's appropriate for your skill level. Make sure it's going to support the, the race day and what you'll be encountering then. Um, no one to mix it up, no one you're getting over your head, because um, the last thing you want to do is get injured. So uh, definitely anytime you change up terrain, um, start out slow. Make sure that it's safe the entire time and uh, just be smart about it. Cool. Thanks again, Dan, for doing that. Um, so as we get ready to wrap up, I know we had a few people drop us emails at support at runfit 365 Dot com, um, and you can always give us feedback on our Facebook page, Twitter. Um, if you log on to runfit365.com, you can uh, fill out the contact us form. Um, I think this week we got you know at least three or four emails about, from different runners about their success stories, and uh, that's awesome. That is truly our mission is to improve every runner that crosses our path. So um, please connect with us and tell us your story. Um, we talked about AJ's story. You can read that on the blog. Um, Dan's going to post a link to the um, to the T-shirts. That'll be cool. That'll be under resources. Anything else about the website, Dan, that I'm missing? Probably. I'm just trying to think. Uh, there's lots of things. We're planning lots of things, um, and we'll keep adding in, into this podcast when we, you know, launch things. But you know, check out the coaching, self-coaching library if you haven't already done that. We've had a few people take a look at that and um, check out some of the books there. Uh, as well, if there's things that we're not covering, um, you know, every every person that's sent us a comment this week has um, given some suggestions on some topics. And I'm jotting those down. That's really helpful so we know what people want to hear. So uh, keep giving us that good feedback so we know exactly what you need to hear and we'll keep covering them the best we can. 
Yeah, and, uh, you know, again, Dan and I will say it every episode, we're not professional podcasters, but um, <laughs> this week we, we cracked a milestone, and Dan, I haven't even told you this yet, um, we have over 20,000 plays um, in, in our 24, or actually 23 episodes, so again, I don't know if that's a good baseline number or not, but that's a pretty big number for RunFit365, so thanks for listening, and keep spreading the word. Um, you know, we appreciate all the help. That's awesome. Yeah. Dan, you want to do the honors? Sure. If I know what the honors are. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I guess have a great week, everybody and happy training.